Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Alex Bean. He's the co-founder and CBO of Divi. Uh, Divi's been covered in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and in 2019, it grew over 400%. This year, even during the coronavirus and the pandemic, it's still going over 100%, pretty phenomenal. Uh, and Alex also won 40 over 40 under 40 in Utah in 2018. Alex, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Tom. So, you know, there's pretty some some phenomenal stuff. I think a lot of people have heard of Divi at this point. Uh, so we can go into that a little bit later on. We have a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, a lot of people that are focused on, you know, business credit and, and financing and, you know, costs and operations and all that good stuff, just like standard things. But where did you originally grow up and where are you from, Alex? I'm from Seattle, uh, Washington, actually Redmond. So kind of Microsoft country. Nice. We, uh, joke about it. It's like when I when we lived there in the early '80s, it was like a cow town. Uh, <laughs> now it is not a cow town because uh, Microsoft's still there. But yeah, it's funny. I was uh, I was raised in like Seattle area too, like Silverdale, uh, Bremerton, like that small little little towns. So, were you raised in like a business owner family? Like, were your parents entrepreneurs, or they run businesses, or what happened? Yeah, actually, um, my great grandpa moved to the Northwest uh, back in the day and started a company called Pay and Save. And then my grandpa grew that, and then my dad started his own company, and my brothers have grown that. So, kind of uh, entrepreneurship and business owners is very much in, in the blood. Love it. So you were you were there, kind of family owned businesses, working them and um, through through pretty much the rest of your life. And did you go to school up there for business at all? Or what did you do in Seattle? So, no, I, just, I grew up in Seattle, came to school here in Utah, uh, okay. which is where I'm at now. I went to BYU and then went back to Seattle for about nine years and then just moved back to Utah around five years ago. Love it. So why, why did you stay in Utah other than uh, other than Seattle? Seattle's cool. I love it. Yeah, so so we can get into it, but you know the traffic, the weather, and the cost was just kind of like let's try something different, right? So yeah. we had an opportunity. I was working nationally, uh, kind of creating custom software, um, and it was like, well, I don't have to live in Seattle. Let's go try Utah. And my wife's sister was moving to Utah, so it all kind of worked out. And Utah's been awesome. I mean, like the the tech scene here. I was the only wanted to come here because I wanted to get involved in the tech scene. And then they also have uh, my three favorite things are like skiing, mountain biking, and golf. And uh, that is that's happening there's a lot. Here. There's a lot. There's a lot of that going on there. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's been cool. good. So you said you were at a like some kind of tech company uh, in your transition. Where did you start off like immediately starting in, in a business, like a tech company business, or did you work for someone for a few years? No. So what what uh, what happened is I was building or at a company where we were outsourcing U.S. based developers and we were building custom software, right? Okay. So we we're probably building fifty to hundred apps at, at a time, and 
you know, that was happening. And my, my partner, who's uh, our CEO, my co-founder, is also from Seattle and from Redmond area. We knew each other then. Oh. He went to University of Utah. I went to BYU. Uh, we'd kind of gone our separate ways just because that's what life does. And he had this initial, you know, kind of idea, this pop. And he called me because he's like, Alex, you're, you're building custom software. What would it take to build it? Right. And from, I mean, that was just the initial conversation. So from there, we kind of shaped it into what it is today. But um, that, that's how I got started. So I was working for another company building custom software. And I said, hey, let's, let's, go, let's go do this and, you know, quit our jobs and rest is history, right? Yeah, 100%. So what was the, what was the initial, like, idea around? So Divi is your first company that you've, you know, co-founded and grew, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been a part of other startups and smaller ones, but the first tech company, we'll call it that. First tech company, okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, it, you know, my partner was running a five pizza studio locations, which is a restaurant and mm -hmm. he kind of owned the franchise rights for a few States. And it, he had this issue where he's like, I can't see, you know, my margin for a September until it's like end of October. Cause I'm like getting receipts late and you know, $4,000 receipt bills here and $5,000 here because, you know, he has these managers for each location. And so he had this big pain on like, he couldn't just give them an open card. And that was the discussion. So he said, well, let's go solve it. And, and the market said, hey, Expensify, uh, Concur, Amex, you know, go do that. And he's like, no, 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 that's all reactive. I want it to be proactive. And and I had the same issue with my company is like people were just swiping first and asking for forgiveness later. And yeah. that's kind of where the brain meld came. And we said, well, if we've got Venmo for friends, why can't we create a Venmo for business? And if we have Apple Pay and everyone's looking at their phone before they make a purchase, can we not create a more digital ecosystem where companies can spend smarter and you know divvy out their credit line? And yeah, and that was where we kind of started and went with. And uh over the first couple months, we definitely knew we were on to something because the people we were showing the product to were responding very, very well. And uh, so then, like I said, you know, quit our jobs and said, let's, let's go do it. I love it. Did you get any kind of financing or any fund funding? You said you have some board members that are in the company? Uh, we raised from friends and family first. And then obviously, you know, once we started to gain uh, product market fit and built it out, then we went and got, uh, you know, VC funding. Phenomenal. Yeah, I love it, dude. Uh, so it sounds kind of challenging to create a software that's as complex as this. Uh, did you partner with some of your current uh, kind of tech guys in the in the, in the kind of the software app world, and they knew a lot of these things in, in this financial area and kind of built it out? How was that process? You know, what's funny is I would say uh, Blake and I are both not technical, uh, so we're not we're not developers, and we're not in, in uh, true product people in the sense of we didn't mm. grow up in the product space. So it's kind of what. It's like, well, what are what are two non-techies? Yeah, what's your backing to be able yeah, to do this? Yeah, you know? yeah. What gives you the credibility? And honestly, the credibility that we had is that we were business owners, small business owners. We we yeah. operated small businesses. We knew the pain point. We knew what it looked like to manage the books. We we just we knew that issue. And uh, we also were product people in the sense I had spent time around a lot of applications and building it. So I, I you know had a good sense and Blake is phenomenal, just like naturally gifted at seeing what excellence is and what a good experience is. Right. So, you know, we actually are first developers at save them our first 10. We probably have six of them still here at, you know, four, four and a half years later. Um, so we went and found really smart people that could help us build it. But what we initially did was a classic Figma and vision design, you know, showed people what we were doing. We went to banks that we were going to partner with. And once we started to see the response, that's when we started hiring the engineers to say, hey, come in. And 
you know, look, we, we, yeah, yeah, we still don't know what we're doing on the uh, on the technical side, but we have a pretty good sense for what the business owners wants, and that's served us pretty well. And you have the ability to go out there and kind of just push to make it happen, right? So you can find that the issue, the problem that the client's having, and then transfer that into okay, this is what we have to this we have to build out. This is what we have to do. That's really one of the biggest problems I think that most people uh, have is the ability to take a problem and then find a quick solution for it for that client. Because um, I mean, this this goes a little bit just about everything. You don't have to have the background. I think it's really important for people to understand, you know, or the credibility um, to build out something. You can hire the people. It's like it's like Elon Musk wasn't the guy who built the rocket. You know, like he's not the engineer. He has the engineers. He hired the engineers to build it. Right, but he has, he had the vision um, to be able to do it. So it's very similar in that aspect. You guys just saw a huge gap uh, in the market, and then put the right people in place to be able to execute it. So what are the main benefits? Like if I say, you know, uh, my my company started using Divi, uh, what would be the transition from like maybe before and after that you see most common? Yeah, I would say there's three things and really quick on them. One is like, you know, instead of having to use corporate cards like Amex and then an Expensify and pay for Expensify and then try to make those two work, we're just one system. So whenever you swipe with Divi, you go straight to your accounting software called Swipe Your Books. So like no expense report, uh, real-time data, super powerful and it's free. Second thing is that you get dynamic budgets, which budgets, which is if I want to say, hey, $30,000 for this event in Vegas with these 10 people, I can actually set a dynamic budget and every cash credit and ACH and check that come out from that team is being managed by that owner of the trip, uh, by the various team members. So there's no question. I'm like, well, did they stay within budget? I don't know where are we, what are we doing? It's not yeah, just like simple. policy that's out there that no one reads and you kind of swipe and see where you end up. Like, you know where you're at with budget and you can spend smarter. And then the last thing would be virtual cards. So, you know, you can create a new digital 16 digit number for each vendor that you have, lock the vendor for security reasons, uh, have a lot more leverage and control in terms of if they get hacked, if, if they want to charge you more, you can cancel the one point of, uh, of you know, one record that they have, which wow. is a credit card number. So That's virtual awesome. cards are, my thing on virtual cards is like, if you're not using virtual cards, you're doing it wrong. You have to use them. This is not a discussion. Uh, whether or not you use them through Divi, it's like that's a separate, like, I would love for you to come here. But if you're a small business or a business and you're not using virtual cards, then then you need to figure it out. It can hurt you like incredibly because, you know, you have the control at that point. You can shut that card down and re reboot a new card. That's like shutting an entire account down. They don't have any control over you. What, what happens when you hand your card, you know, to a vendor, uh, let's say it's Adobe and Adobe wants to... Uh, raise the rates on you. You can negotiate it all you want, but they have your credit card. They can charge it on file. A lot of times they don't even tell you. They just say it's in the contract. I can raise the rates. And you're now stuck because you have this one card that has like a hundred different vendors on it and you don't see them all and you don't track them all. And maybe one was like a secretary or a friend or, you know, coworker that spent on it. So with virtual cards, it's like, I can just delete that card Adobe. You can't That's charge anything, right? So stuff like that. So super powerful. I love it. Uh, cool. So you mentioned that it was free. Uh, I'm curious, like, you know, I'm sure there's a free version of it, like a trial version. How does Divi? No, it's all free. Oh, it's all free? Yeah. I think about it like this. We're like a bank, right? We make money exactly like a bank. So on the back end interchange, when you swipe a card. Three, four percent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you want a short-term loan, like we offer stuff like that. Anyway, a bank is making money. We, we're probably making money a very similar way. You guys have the financial we records to show banks that, you know, this company is profitable and can repay a loan. 
And then through the process of utilizing the system, you're offering your clients um, different offers. Like yeah, yeah, loans. But I would say our, our main revenue yeah. comes when you use a credit card and there's that, you know, there's a, a merchant fee that comes out. It's normal fee. Everyone pays it. Uh, right. So we're like a standard Visa card, Amex card, MasterCard. And uh, we, we get that fee. So we recognize some of that revenue. We give some of it back to our, uh, our, our customers as a rebate. Like, Are these you know, cards like being reported to like um, Duns and & Brad and all these other yeah. different companies? Right. Yep. So build your corporate credit, build your business credit. You guys do business credit lines as well? Yeah, that's all we do. Yeah, it's business credit lines. Okay. All right. Yeah, so there's always like hard money loans and these different kinds of things, but you guys aren't doing those specifically. No, we're, we're doing more like, hey, you spend 30000 as a small business with your Amex, come over to Divi. We'll get rid of your Expensify. We'll give you that 30000 And then if you want a short-term loan, we do have those discussions and help. But our, our business is on that, you know, using our card and swiping it and yeah. Dude, that is phenomenal. It sounds like every company needs to be able to utilize Divi right from the beginning. Let's say you're a brand new company. You start out what I would I've heard you it's best to do a sole proprietorship if you're starting off uh, yeah. as far as getting some kind of credit lines. If I was a brand new company, uh, what would be your recommendation on incorporating Divi into my company? Well, again, it's it's if you're if you're a hundred million dollar company and you spend a thousand dollars extra on an event, like it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. If you're a small company, like spending an extra thousand dollars on marketing or travel or sales or anything does matter. So even at a small, I would say like having like those budgets be locked in and having virtual cards be set up. So it automates a lot of your backend work. I mean, there's a lot of reasons yeah. even at a small company where you're not doing a ton of expense reports, uh, where it make your life a lot easier. But even more so about being able to control your finances in a really easy kind of organic, simple platform. On top of that, you're also offering that business owner the ability to be able to fund his projects that now he is still clear on. You know, he can see what he's what he's looking at doing, and then you're saying, "Hey, you know, this, this, that, and the other." So, is there is there a certain like kind of most beneficial route to go when you're looking at getting funding with Divi? No, I mean we do uh, basically. I would say come apply. We'll look at your circumstance and figure out the best way to to get you uh, underwritten. Um, we do a lot of cash underwriting. We look at personal history. We look at business. So it depends on how long you've been around, what you're up to. But uh, we do. We did just launch some new ways of underwriting. So small businesses. I mean, like newer small businesses and startups uh, have a lot more success than they did like a year ago. So I'd say yeah, come check us out. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Uh, so great. So it sounds like there's a lot of amazing things that Divi has to offer and continues to offer. I'm curious, you know, you guys had a 400% growth in 2019, which is really phenomenal. In 2020, it was at 100%. What was the drop there? It was just kind of like you guys rebuilt different softwares and what was, was it focusing on sales as much or what was the transition there? You mean going from 400 down to 100? Obviously, it's easier to go for 400 your first year because like you don't have that much revenue. So like... In general, you don't have much backing, so it's easy to do that. But well, it was uh, our is our second year of revenue, so it wasn't like from a dollar to ten dollars, right? I mean, we had revenue, we we increased it pretty significantly, and then this year it's you know, um, you know, it's slower growth, but it's still over a hundred percent. One is just bigger dollars; it's harder to grow four hundred percent. Right, Southwest is like a standard goal of twenty percent every single year. You know, yeah, and and two hundred is COVID, which is just like. You know, COVID caused a lot of issues in our space. Small businesses is our main customer. A lot of those yeah. people are are down. So, so that's a big component of why you know we're not growing at you know that that rate. That right. I'm curious of of course, like what was the main cuts there as far as business? Like, why were they hesitant on 
maybe getting additional loans or or reinvesting and what was that transition from that from from maybe april until like now well a lot of them just it was like they had to hunker down right they had farm to table restaurants talking to a guy yesterday he's like look we have like in-person farm to table restaurants in new york and boston Mm -hmm. we had 30 of them now we have five he's like we're just we're he's like we're just hunkered down until covid's gone we can't we can't operate right so a lot of our and a lot of our customers you know we're doing events in the summer it's like when they went to all their trade shows and 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 spent money on marketing and travel and that just wasn't happening so uh, a lot of that, like where we saw some dips in, in revenue and we made up for it in growth, but where we saw the dips in revenue was just like sheer COVID quarantine. Yeah, revenue you know, and all those like entertainment spaces. I mean, there's huge industries that have just cut, lost billions yeah, we, of dollars. We have a bunch of production companies, uh, you know, nonprofits, like all, all sorts of stuff that like they just aren't getting money in the nonprofits. Production companies are operating and filming movies right now and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Have you seen transitions from you know, what that at first initial drop was in maybe April, May going into right now, September, I think yeah. a little bit more optimistic. Oh yeah. So we, you know, the first April, May, right. When, uh, or end of March when COVID kind of, you know, hit the world and we're all there and, and we're looking at it. Uh, it was like, what's going on. April is when we started to hear about PPP here in the U S and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, the, the stimulus package to save a lot of these companies. So we spent a month in April really doing that PPP and trying to help our, our businesses stay in business and get them the funds that they needed. Um, and, you know, it worked. Uh, we're really happy that we did it because we got to help uh, you know, thousands of customers. Um, but optimism is coming back. People are basically saying, guys, I have to either like totally shut down and I'm unemployed or I'm going to like fight through this. And people are right. fighting through it. So it's pretty yeah. fun to see. I love it. People are starting new businesses. You know, they're reinvesting in new ways. Um, you know, they're changing the way that they're doing things. I think, yeah, adapting. I think I like. I love it. You know, I, for me, I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs went on fire this year. They were like, we were all coasting. We were happy. Everything was phenomenal in 2019. We're like, 2020 is gonna be the best year of our lives. And then we hit yeah. with this, and we're like, okay, what do you do? You know, you either just kind of like give up a little bit, or you just double down. So I feel like everyone just stopped playing around in 2020. And just started like a tons of tons of great things. Is there any new projects that you guys are working on right now that's like that you just launched because of um, this whole COVID thing? Well, we did we did the PPP, but that's kind of passed. Uh, yeah. That was new because of COVID. Um, I, I, it's too soon to announce what we we're working on, but there's definitely some stuff that uh, some innovation that's being spurred on because of COVID that we'll be announcing probably you know end of Q4. So coming up here. I love it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, so, so other things that we want to talk about, uh, you know, are kind of is with the growth of, of Divi, uh, is there anything that you guys are looking for right now, uh, as far as additional funding? I know you guys already have board members and investors. Do you need you guys like software developers or, or anything like that? Cause we have some pretty good, pretty powerful people that are part of the network. Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, good prod and edge, good builders of tech. Are, I mean, everyone needs them. The most competitive people in the world are I mean, to, to get them is the most competitive thing. So if anyone wants, you know, has always been interested in like how to disrupt banks, that would be my pitch, which is, hmm. look, we are disrupting how banking's done. Uh, we think that banking is software led. The future of banking is software led. And, you know, the banks are, are trying, but we think that we're, you know, it's the innovator's dilemma. We think we're in a position where we have enough resources and enough foundation to go do some real damage, mm-hmm. but we're not so big like an Amex where we're trying to protect our nut and we can't really, you know, innovate 
people that come to Divi, like you can truly innovate and take on a project and, and go change the way that every business spends money. I, mean, I think that's pretty exciting. That's super exciting. Yeah, you guys are doing some revolutionary stuff. And that's what all of, all entrepreneurship is about is like creating that impact, doing something different and, and really making uh, making that wave. So appreciate it so much, Alex. I really appreciate being on the show today. How do people get in contact with you uh, or with Divi to be able to help and innovate and maybe, maybe take a hit on this whole thing? System? Yeah, for Divi, go to getdivi.com. Uh, you know, check us out there. For me, feel free to hit me up uh, via email. It's alex at divipay or getdivi.com. Um, and I'd love to hear from anyone. Fantastic. Awesome. Cool. Thanks so much, Alex. We'll have you on the show a little bit later on this year and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.